Welcome to the Lisa Swander Blogcast, a podcast for people who love blogs but need their hands free while they read so they can go about shoeing horses or operating belt sanders. Ahead, you'll find some encouragement, some pop culture, and maybe some humor. If you would like to read with your eyes at some point, all of these blog posts are published at lisaswander.com, and I'll put a link in the show notes to each post. Here we go. This is episode eight. I think this is episode eight anyway. The Create channel, which is moving back in time a little bit back to the summer of 2020, because I ran into, if we were going chronologically, the next post on the lisaswander.com blog is about creativity. And I felt like we need to get this one established first. Creativity comes up a lot on my blog and in my newsletter and just in my work in general, because I wasn't paying very much attention to it previously. I mean, in my previous life as an educator, I wanted my students to be creative, but somehow I felt like I could get away with asking them to do that without doing it myself, which doesn't work. If you're a parent, you know that doesn't work. Um, I told people for a long time and told myself that teaching was scratching all the creative needs that I had, all the creative itches that I had. And in some ways it does. I mean, you're solving like a hundred million problems a day, none of which really you can anticipate, which that is a form of creativity. Problem solving is. It just wasn't the one that I think my soul was craving or maybe always has craved since I was a kid. I really want and need to make up stories and make the the dolls talk to each other and make myself laugh. And while there were opportunities to present information to kids in ways that were fun and sometimes funny and interesting, it was sort of like needing to take an elevator but crashing through the stairwell instead. Maybe more like tiptoeing through the stairwell instead. I think it was more, it was just safer for me to do create creative things in front of an audience of kids who kind of had to laugh at my jokes because their grades were on the line. Uh, that really, that's a perfect environment in which to take risks if you need a lot of therapy, which I did. And I talk about that in this post. So anyway, I think all of us, you, me, Everyone need to be creating on some level. It's something that I've learned from reading all these books on creativity. And now that AI can make stuff, can reflect back to us everything that we have already made, it can take it and put it together and spit it back out as a, you know, creativity smoothie. I think it's even more important, not just for our own well-being, but for like humanity, that we make new stuff. We're going to need to comment in new ways on what it means to be a human, because that may be all that we really have to offer the new robot overlords. We should be thinking about that, too. They're probably going to farm us for our organs. So we have soft tissues and we have the ability to think in novel and surprising ways that AI doesn't have. So really create for your own well-being and also create to prepare for the imminent achievement of artificial intelligence 
in sentient form. Okay, enjoy, and then go make something. The Create Channel, June 26th, 2020. As you may know, I write a blog that boasts a readership of up to 13 people and generates $0 in ad revenue. However, I wasn't always the wildly successful author you see today. In fact, for a period of about 10 years, I didn't write anything. I mean, I wrote lesson plans. I heard creativity calling often, but all I could muster the courage for was school-related stuff. Making funny videos with my students, for instance, or perhaps writing a sketch for an assembly. And although I wasn't exactly picking up the phone, occasional writing excursions would make me feel like creativity and I were at least texting. I took those small zero-risk opportunities a couple of times a year and sent everything else straight to voicemail. There were a lot of reasons for this, but the shortest and truest summation of them is that I needed therapy. So I got some. Quite a lot, actually, and now I consider it a non-negotiable part of my self-care system. And now look at me, with a poorly designed WordPress site and money raining from the sky. Excuse me, friend, but do you have a few minutes to talk about creativity? I know that a lot of people stagger out of the public school system clutching signs that say, in 11-point, center-aligned aerial, I am not creative. I get that. The arts aren't prioritized in standardized test culture, and for many years, creativity has been sucked from our curricula with giant vacuum cleaners labeled, do not write on this page. Most teachers try to hold the torch as best they can, but I still know that for many kids, school is the place where imagination goes to die. The thing is, though, that humans are inherently creative. Take heart. People may have failed to foster it in you, but no one can take it away from you. This, along with Earl Grey tea and our ability to improve upon the inventions of others, is what separates us from the rest of the creatures on this planet. It's true that some people do have an easier time with creativity than others, due to environmental factors and a smattering of genetics, but all of us can hone our creativity just like any other skill. Whether you currently consider yourself to be creative or not, I would like to propose that it is possible, perhaps, that you may feel up to 5% happier if you start creating things regularly. This has been true in my own experience. I might even bump it in the 10 to 15% range, but I also brought some backup. Here are two quotes from my journeys through podcast land this week. The universe delights in creating, which means you also delight in creating. Eckhart Tolle. Unused creativity is not benign. Brene Brown. Some positivity from my dude Eckhart. Some tough love from everyone's girlfriend Brene. You were made to create because that's how things work in this plane of existence. It's a connection to the divine, to make stuff. So then, if you choose to ignore that creative energy, a little rain cloud will hover over your head, likely making your heart sad and your hair uncooperative everywhere you go. I also like what Sir Ken Robinson says about intelligence. The question is not, how intelligent are you, but how are you intelligent? Disregard how creative you think you are. How are you creative? It doesn't all have to be poems, symphonies, and oil paintings. Maybe you should doodle something this week, or knit a scarf, or invent a recipe, or create a hybrid frankenplant in your garden. Propose a new theory of time travel. Cross-stitch a portrait of Jeff Goldblum. Draw stick figures reclining on couches in the Pottery Barn catalog. Build a robot. Start a blog. Or send me what you wrote and I'll publish it here. 
We'll split the profits 70-30. A few months ago, as my therapist was trying to hype me up to start this thing again, I could not conceive of putting anything I'd written out for public consumption, especially not for people I knew. The thought of hitting that little post button made me more nauseated than a moderately bumpy car ride. But I found, of course, that courage comes not in preparing for the thing, but in doing the thing. Exposure therapy at its finest. So, if you are hesitant to share the stuff you've made, or if you can't imagine a world in which you would make stuff at all, please know you're in good company. Please also know that in spite of the agony, I highly recommend making and sharing stuff, not just for your own mental health, but also for the condition of the world. We spend a lot of time consuming content made by other people, more in the last few months, in fact, than at any point in human history. And we all know most of it is toxic, soul-crushing, bot-generated, or otherwise bad for humanity. You, my friend, with impeccable taste in blogs, are the one who can put something out there that shines some light. <laughs>